Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Shameless Rewind, a podcast celebrating all things Gallagher as seen on the Showtime series Shameless for a season five, episode two, I'm the Liver. <laughs> I'm the Liver, recorded on January 23rd, 2015. Hey, how you doing out there? Bill Ben Barker, a.k.a. Bill Scarato, back on the case with you. Very happy to be sharing your company uh, today, and I'm glad you uh, have found us. And I thank everybody who's uh, been rating us on iTunes and uh, and on TalkShoe and letting other people, and thereby letting other people know about us. And we're getting to get some uh, new listeners uh, each week, and that's that's great because we all love we all love Shameless. Let's face it, we love Shameless, and uh, it's it's fun to talk about it afterwards. And that's that's what this uh, little podcast is all about—kind uh, of rehashing and revamping, and not revamping, but at least uh, you know chit-chatting about what we liked about the episode the most, and so forth. So let's get to it, shall we? I got to tell you, I I, uh, I really like this episode. I have been a fan of Shameless since it started. Big fan, and uh, I don't think I've missed any of the episodes. I've been pretty, pretty faithful and loyal. This has got to be one of my favorite episodes. I thought uh, it really, it really hit home on a lot of levels. Uh, basically, it talks about father. It, it's a, it takes place on a Father's Day. Remember, Shameless starts in the summer, kind of, and works its way through the year, and uh, uh, starting on uh, Father's Day, and then that Father's Day symbolizes a lot going on here in the uh, in the episode, uh, not the least of which is uh, Sammy's uh, desires, uh, almost her her needs, uh, d- desperate needs to get some recognition uh, by her father uh, and, uh, you know, not having much luck in that regard. That's for sure. Anyway. Uh, let's get right to the episode. I really, but I do think this is one of my favorite, uh, maybe in the top five. Uh, and I said last week uh, how it seemed like uh, because last season, uh, season four was kind of on the dark side because Frank was so sick through the whole thing and Fiona had so many legal problems through the whole thing. It seemed like uh, last week's episode sort of. Uh, lighten things up a lot and and I thought that was the way you know the season would go and and yes that continued to a certain extent this week there was a, certainly a lot of humor a lot of great humor in this episode but uh, also some kick in the stomach kinds of realizations going on by some of these characters that I think uh, you know also keeps it you know on the on the serious side something to think about so I'm, I'm very happy about this episode let's get right to it it, it starts out kind of hysterically uh frank is in some deserted area of chicago hanging out with some some young guy who is uh pretty much you know wasted <laughs> and uh frank is having him try out his new beer his milk of the gods beer that frank we uh we learned how frank was uh, stilling it down in his uh out in sheila's basement last week and uh tastes 
not very good, I guess, but uh, it does the job. It's what thirty proof. Is that what we said? Because Frank Frank figures he's only allowed to have one one beer a day, so it might as well be thirty proof. So that's what that's all about. But now he's so happy with it that he's thinking about trying to sell it, and he he lets this this young guy give it a try, and the guy says, "Okay, I'll trade you my my girlfriend's." Uh, uh, hash brownies for it. So uh, as far as Frank's concerned, that's a seal of approval, and he is ready to go. And so hysterically to me, both these guys start cock-a-doodle-doing the, the rising sun. And it is, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but it just, I, I, I had a smile on my face at the very beginning of the show, and I don't think it came off very often during the course of the, uh, of the episode. So let's see what happens in this uh, I Am Deliver episode. Let's take a look at Sheila and Frank first. Uh, we, we've, we found out last week that these two young women, uh, it might have been, been more than two, but I think it was the two, plus uh, some, some real estate-looking guys were canvassing the area, leaving their cards, wanting to talk to the property owners. And we find out early on in this episode that they've been to visit Sheila, and they've offered her twice the value for her house. Sheila is very excited, and, and because Sheila is losing patience by the second uh, with Sammy, she's ready to take it and uh, grab Frank and take off for, you know, wherever she can go. Of course, uh, this kind of sets up the, the deal that Frank is not crazy about this idea uh, because he's convinced that this is part of the gentrification movement that's been going on in a lot of the urban areas across the country, whereby, you know, uh, upperly upper mo upper mobile types go in and buy up these neighborhoods. Uh, they bring in all kinds of uh, high class businesses there and high level businesses and it forces the middle and lower income families that lived in those neighborhoods to begin with to move away. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's considered to be a, an issue throughout uh, America these days. And, and Frank, of course, <laughs> no, you can say a lot about Frank, but you can never say that Frank is stupid. He's, he knows what's going on there, and he's saying, uh, no, uh, you, Sheila, you can't do that. But Sheila insists, I want to see the burning man. I want to see the burning man. And they have a discussion on exactly what the burning man is, and uh, that was pretty funny too. Again, Sheila and Frank, have great chemistry together, I believe. And there was one scene when they were running down the sidewalk because they were trying to get away from Sammy. And it was, first of all, the cinematography of it, the photography of it was fantastic. But just the looks on their faces as they're trying to run away from Sammy, you've got to admit. Uh, and I, I guess I should have said that right at the beginning. There's spoilers here. If, if you haven't seen this episode of Shameless yet, you better watch that because uh, I'm going to, you know, we're going to refer to a lot of stuff that went on there. And, and that was one of the one of the highlights, I think, one of the great, great moments in the episode when Sheila and Frank are running to get away from, uh, to get away from Sammy. Also, uh, Frank had earlier made uh, just a disparaging remark about his grandson Chucky, who had who had put up a sign of uh, like a banner for Frank uh, in honor of uh, Father's Day, which had some spelling mistakes on it and so forth, and and Frank made some disparaging remarks about Chucky, which. <laughs> Again, you shouldn't laugh at stuff that like that. It's not uh, politically correct to laugh at stuff like that. But to to hear William Macy say that stuff, as Frank uh, Gallagher, it it just you can't help it. I'm sorry. I I plead guilty to that, and I, I apologize. 
Uh, I have a little quote from Frank about the whole gentrification. I think he was saying this in the bar to the uh, to the fellows who were working on the demolition. He says, laugh, laugh. You won't be laughing in a year when you won't be able to afford to live here. They move in. They take over. They kick the homeless out of the park as if they don't have a God-given right to sleep there. We are dinosaurs, my friend, and a big fat comet is headed for our sweet slice of Earth. And that comet is Starbucks. <laughs> and as we find out, it's not Starbucks, but some uh, similar type of organic coffee uh, uh, store uh, shop is is coming in where where uh, Lip and uh, the other some of the other guys from the from the uh, Alibi are working on the demolition of a building that they had taken down uh, in the previous week's episode. Another thing that uh, I wanted to mention with Frank and Sheila, uh, uh, they they have these, and of course Sammy was instrumental in explaining why these people were looking to buy up this uh, land, and Sammy had informed them that one of the newspapers had said that that neighborhood was a uh, you know prime prime real estate for this type of uh, up, upwardly mobile community. So. Uh, uh, Sheila slams the window on Sammy after they get that information and the doorbell rings or somebody knocks at the door and Sheila thinks it's Sammy again but she opens it and there's this man standing there who it turns out uh, his son had uh, become the donor of the liver which was now in Frank Gallagher's body and so Frank's first comment to him was you can't have it back. And of course, uh, he said, "Of course not." But uh, my wife, my wife and I are having a dinner in in my son's honor, and we were inviting all of the recipients of my son's organs to come and share the the dinner with us, which you know, in in some ways, seems quite bizarre. I got to admit, don't you admit that? <laughs> but. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is what the man had to do, and he was going to. It was his way, he said, of spending one last Father's Day with his son, which was you know kind of moving. And Frank was so moved that he said, "Well, what are you what are you serving?" <laughs> and the poor man says, "Well, we're having prime rib. That was my son's favorite." And he and Frank says, "With uh, uh, cream horseradish," and he said, "Oh, that was his favorite too." And Frank says, "We'll be there." <laughs> so they so they go, and the the dinner was also. I think quite darkly hysterical. I mean, it's it's a dark idea, isn't it? That this poor man who's this poor man and his wife who lost their son tragically, and I I can't remember you know what the circumstances were, were as they lost their son, but the son was an organ donor, and all these you know there was the guy who received the son's lungs and somebody else who received the heart, and there was Frank with the liver. I am the liver. And they all had little name tags as to as to what what organ they they <laughs> they were carrying. So the man is trying to uh, you know tribute his son, and uh, and and Frank is not slowing down. He is shoving that prime rib down his throat as fast as he can. It is, I mean, it's hysterical. Again, uh, Mr. Macy is a master of comedy, dark comedy especially when it you know it's not slapstick in any way. It's just you know. This character, you know, doing what he does, and and we can't we can't help but laugh, even though it's absurd and and crazy, but it 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 makes you laugh. At least it makes me laugh. How about you? Uh, so the dinner, and of course the the tipper of that whole thing is then then Frank uh, grabs somebody's wine glass and starts drinking the wine, which is just abhorrent to uh, the mother of the young man who was killed. Uh, you have a you have a 
liver, a new liver. You shouldn't be drinking. And Frank, of course, says he's done all kinds of research onto it and has discovered that as long as he uh, is careful and does things in moderation, he'll be able to live for another 10 years with that liver. So there you go. That was Frank's contribution to uh, the medical research of the day. All right. That's pretty much Frank and Sheila. The, uh, Frank and Sheila, uh, you know, again, some, some pretty good stuff there, some funny stuff. And, of course, bringing up the whole gentrification idea, which we get the feeling is going to be an issue through maybe the rest of the season. All right, now let's get to Fiona. Off house arrest. Her time for house arrest is apparently over. And I believe she was about to get her ankle bracelet taken off. I, you know, maybe this is a Saturday and maybe this was going to, oh, no, it was Father's Day, right? So that's a Sunday. Okay, so uh, she, she the next day she was going to have the ankle bracelet taken off by the probation office, but Sheila decided to get in there and hack around and take it off herself, which she did. Uh, so she's uh, working hard at the uh, at the restaurant, trying to get uh, Sean. Sean is her boss at the at the restaurant, trying to get her attention, his attention. She likes him clearly, and he clearly likes her, but. Uh, you know, it just is not gonna like work out at this Father's Day morning at the at the restaurant. It's very busy, and there's this couple there, uh, a large couple, I would say. And again, I'll try to not to be too politically incorrect here, but uh, Fiona is waiting on this couple, and they they're very demanding, asking more sugar, more butter, more syrup. You know, just relentless. And uh, the next moment, a little little later, they're walking out of the restaurant, and Fiona's out on the street, following them, saying, "Excuse me, was was there a problem with my service? How come you didn't give me a tip?" And the guy said, "Well, it was slow. It was pretty slow." And so they get into an argument about it, and uh, and then at one point, the guy's wife, the customer's wife, hauls off and slaps Fiona. At which point, Sean has been kind of trying to broker this a little bit. He gets really angry. He throws the husband up against the, the wall and it's very threatening. I mean, it, I'm sure that man, you know, if this wasn't a television program, if this was real life, that man would have been pretty scared. Uh, and, and the actor who was playing this man portrayed that pretty well. And basically, Sean said, listen, if you can't afford to tip, you shouldn't come to this restaurant. And basically, he said, you owe my waitress an apology. And so the guy finally relents. Sean lets him go, and the guy says sorry, and and they leave. Meanwhile, Fiona's got a got a bloody lip, and uh, so later on, uh, and of course they go to uh, Narcotics Anonymous meetings together, Sean and Fiona. And at one point, Sean says something to the effect that, "Yeah, you go because you're court ordered to go. I go because it's my life's blood to go. I have to go, or I'm going to die." And he goes into the idea that he's got uh, he's got a son back now. He has a, he's a relationship with his son, which obviously he didn't always have, and he doesn't want to do anything to jeopardize that. And as much as he is attracted to Fiona and he likes Fiona, he knows he can't get involved in Fiona because, as he says to her, you know, she is chaos. She is chaos, and uh, you know uh, he can't afford to get involved in chaos, little chaos, a little exchange here. Um, Sean says, uh, you took your monitor off yourself. And Fiona says, so? 
and Sean. So you should have waited for the PO, and you know it. And Fiona, that's a technicality. You're going to judge me for that? And Sean says, no, I'm not going to judge you for that. I find it charming as, you know what, that you took a screwdriver to your monitor. And I find it sexy as hell that you had a bloody lip before lunch today. And Fiona says, are you making fun of me? And Sean says, no, it's just that you're a chaos junkie, Fiona, and I'm a junkie junkie. So I love chaos. And when I got into chaos, bad shit follows. And of course, that's not to say that Fiona's a bad person, but we must admit, as, as fans of Fiona who and fans of Shameless who've been watching this for all these years, she can uh, become self-absorbed sometimes and unaware, and that is dangerous for someone like Sean, who obviously needs stability in his life if he's going to survive. So, you know, we got into some pretty serious stuff there. First of all, I think Fiona's not used to guys not responding to her. I mean, I think if she if she gives most guys, most guys that she's given a a look to have responded in her life. Uh, she's not used to somebody not, and uh, and I think she has met, she basically in her own mind as this and this was a great scene by the way it took place down in the in the kitchen the Gallagher house between Sean and Fiona and two actors I think did a great job with the scene, uh, but I think in in Fiona's mind Sean is overreacting in this scene he she doesn't she doesn't really buy what he's saying that you know she's you know that bad. You know, she might have, you know, made some bad decisions in her life, but she's better, and and you know, he shouldn't he shouldn't judge her like that. Yet, you know, his his explanation, I think, was pretty good. Some good writing and some good acting, in, in that scene between uh, Fiona and Sean. Uh, meantime, uh, there's been this musician's been kind of interested in in Fiona. At the at the restaurant, he's invited her. You see, he notices that the ankle bracelet isn't on anymore, and he's invited her again to come hear the band that night. So, obviously, Sean's not going to go with her. So she's been looking around for somebody else. I think she goes to uh, to V at one point. She goes to Lip at one point. Uh, nothing ever really works out. So in the end, she ends up bringing Debs to to the to the show with her, which we'll get into in a minute. That didn't work out so well either. Speaking of Debs, Carl and Debs go, they're, they're, they're both, the hormones are raging, I guess you could say, for both Carl and Debs. And of course, we know Debbie's been struggling with this transition from uh, childhood into womanhood for, you know, a good part of a year now. And she's having trouble with her friends, uh, rejected by a lot of her friends. And uh, this episode doesn't, the early part of this episode doesn't help any of that. They go to the public pool, uh, Carl and Debs, and uh, first thing that they get there, Carl is kind of accosted by Debs' uh, friends, who Carl apparently has become uh, very appealing. He says it's because he's in a wheelchair. Of course, remember Carl, I guess he broke his ankle on the skateboard or something like that. So Debs sitting there watching her friends, her so-called friends, all over Carl, and uh, so Deb decides to try to, you know, get in on some of this action herself. And she kind of, you know, hits on this guy as she's been kind of lusting after this guy is coming out of the pool. And, and she's got like cream puff or something on her in her hair or on her face. And, and uh, this kid uh, that she's kind of hitting on 
thinks that she is a special needs student of some kind, which, you know, Deb's, you know, and again, nothing politically incorrect about that. She just, that's not her. And so she's very, very uh, upset about that. So, uh, you know, she's been, she's been working on this whole idea for a year now and it's starting to really get to her. All right, then we go to Kev and V. <laughs> and uh, of course, V has not been having a great uh, success of being a mom in terms of the whole breastfeeding business and even you know being a mom to, to care for the children on a regular basis, the, the two babies, the twin babies. So V decides to go to work at the bar, and Kev stays home with the uh, with the babies again. And and Kev, you know, as we found out last week, is pretty good at this. And uh, you know, he he takes the babies to the park. He's having he's having all kinds of uh, trouble, and there sits Svetlana, who is Mickey's uh, hooker wife, right? And she's there. She's breastfeeding her baby, and uh, you know, Kev is kind of staring at her and. You know, he thinks, you know, she's going to think I'm weird because she thinks I'm staring at her, her breast. And, of course, I'm, I'm looking in envy because I wish my wife could, you know, breastfeed my children. That's basically what I'm <laughs> putting in, in uh, Kev's head at this point. And uh, Svetlana and, and uh, Kev have quite a conversation. And Svetlana at one point then says, okay, well, give, give the baby to me. And so, you know, he, she breastfeeds uh, Kev and V's baby, which <laughs> uh, it's kind of shocking to see that happen. And as time goes on, they end up uh, back at Kev's, place and they've had quite a discussion they've had some bonding and I gotta say I mean I didn't I never noticed too much about Svetlana in previous episodes uh but I want to tell you she comes she comes she hits a home run in this episode as far as I'm concerned she's a she's a strong character and the character that uh you know is going to make some waves in some good ways and in some bad ways but uh she uh certainly I mean Kev, I think, made made a mistake by letting her breastfeed uh, his baby, but uh, on the other hand, he he she then gives him a haircut, and then Debs comes home all dejected from the experience at the pool, and asks Svetlana for some advice about you know how to do it, how to do it. So she gives uh, Svetlana gives Deb a makeover too, and has a nice long talk with her, giving her some tips and suggestions. And when when V comes home, believe me, she's not too happy about what she sees with with uh, Kev's basically shaved head. And as she walks in, Svetlana is breastfeeding her baby. V is, you know, fit to be tied. And then Fiona comes in, takes one look at Deb's and she's all upset. It's it's not good. It's not good. And uh, Deb and uh, Fiona have quite a quite an argument at one point. Uh, uh Fiona yells at Debbie, asking why a smart girl like her would hang out with whores. But Debbie retorts by demanding why a smart girl like Fiona is on probation. So there's a there's a, cl- a clarity moment for Fiona at that point. And she decides, OK, maybe I am overreacting. In fact, your hair actually looks pretty good, but you got too much makeup on. Let's take half of that off. And, hey, I'm going to this rock show tonight. You want to come with me? And and all is forgiven then. And, and so we know that Debs is going to this show with Fiona, which we'll talk about in a minute. 
Oh, a lot going on in this episode, right? <laughs> Let's talk about Ian and Mickey for a minute. They go to a funeral for a fallen soldier. Uh, Ian goes a little ballistic over the anti-gay rally going on at the service. Apparently, this fellow, uh, this this, fun- this fallen soldier must have been a gay soldier, I guess, because there's a demonstration by this church uh, group, uh, an anti-gay group, uh, and uh, Ian goes absolutely ballistic. He pulls a cross out of the ground in the cemetery and goes after these people. Mickey cuts him off. Some of the old other officers cut him off. And, of course, remember, Ian is AWOL. Uh, I mean, because the one, the one officer said, I'm going to have to call your CO and, uh, you know, let them know what's going on. And, of course, Mickey gets him out of there. But, uh, you know, Mickey is fit to be tied. They want to do something. And... Uh, but Mickey, uh, I'm sorry, Ian is fit to be tied. Mickey calms him down and says, we need a plan. Let's go back to the house and figure out a plan, which he does. Uh, but uh, what we're going to do here, what and what happens is they uh, they, uh, they enlist Mandy, which is uh, Mickey's sister, very attractive uh, young woman. And I didn't even recognize her. And they, they, they fix her all up, puts, puts her in church clothes, they say. So she goes to this church and kind of uh, lures this pastor of this anti-gay, anti-gay uh, uh, church to to their place, uh, and uh, so then they kind of she gets him into a very compromising position, and then one of Mickey's uh, friends performs um, uh, an act on this guy, <laughs> and they they photo it. They photograph it, they video it, they post it to Facebook and Twitter and all the social uh, uh, media sites. And I guess that was Mickey's plan. And it uh, apparently, it satisfied Ian. But the thing we got to take away from this on top of all that is that Ian, we talked about Ian's issues, uh, his manic depression. Remember at the end of last season, Mickey couldn't get out of bed for several days. And, and he insists he's okay. Fiona and Lip have been trying to get him to see, see somebody about it, and he won't. He thinks he's okay. Mickey thinks he doesn't need a shrink, but uh, obviously we see in this episode that uh, this is the manic side of it, and it's not good, not good at all. In terms of Lip, uh, t- Lip is home from his first year of college, and he's got a He's got a job with uh, one of the one of the fellows from the Alibi, which is uh, demolition work on this building that was brought down. Very hard manual labor, and quoting now is only meant for convicts and immigrants. Uh, Lip, uh, of course, uh, has a very hard day. He doesn't want to let these other guys know how hurting he is, but he basically can hardly walk. He can hardly stand. He is so hurt by the the manual labor, and he's thinking, well, he could have gone to Florida for the summer with Amanda, but uh, he's kind of rethinking that idea. Maybe he should have taken her up on that. Um, but he's trying to hang in there. Uh, he he bumps into Mandy as she's on her way to, uh, to do this church girl routine, and uh, obviously there's still a spark between Mandy and Lip, and uh, I'm not sure where that's going to go, but... Uh, Clearly, you know, there's still there's still something going on there. And the other thing, uh, of course, the other thing I just want to say, so that that 
uh, Fiona does go to this rock show with Debs. And, uh, you know, they're having a great time. They're having a fantastic time. And the band guy calls, uh, calls Fiona up on the stage and she's dancing with him on stage. They're having a, a wonderful time. But then uh, Fiona notices this, this creeper kind of, uh, you know, doing some uh, perverted types things uh, behind Deb. And so she goes down there and she had, she had warned him to keep her hands keep keep her dis keep his distance from Debs earlier and then when she saw that he wasn't doing it she went down and clocked him one and he went down the band leader goes in and gets into it it becomes a brawl at this at this club so Fiona grabs Debs and they run out of there like a bat out of you know what and uh just a wonderful uh cinematic moment really when they they've they've gotten safely away they're both out of breath this is Fiona and Debs uh, they kind of lean up against the buildings in this Chicago street. Uh, Fiona kind of hunches down for a second and, you know, they're catching their breath. And all of a sudden you see this look on uh, Fiona's face, that a realization that, you know, that those words come back to her that she heard from Sean earlier. Chaos, the word, because now she's thinking, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I am chaos. And look, you know, my my family has gone in, in in a crazy direction. And am I going to end up like Frank? And looking at, at Debs, am I going to cause Debs to end up like me? And it was, it was such a sobering ending to to the uh, to the episode. And as many laughs as I had in that in that episode. And to see Debs, uh, Debs has successfully made the transition as you look at her at that club, you know, I mean, she's still a kid. I mean, she's, she's still a kid in, in our eyes, but physically she has, has made the transition into womanhood and it's, it's a kick in the stomach. It really is. And then when, uh, when Fiona, you know, sees this and sees maybe what she's done, she's, she's feeling guilty and also I think sobering as to, you know, where, where has she gone? And, you know, Sean might have really known what he was talking about there. So there was a lot going on this week. Uh, and I, I really, again, I really liked the episode a lot. What did you think of it? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, G, it's uh, uh, shamelessrewind at gmail.com. That's our, our email episode, our, our email address. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Shamelessrewind at gmail.com. You can also go on iTunes or talk shoe and give us a rating or a review. If you do that, the best thing about that is that it gets other people to know about the podcast and uh, appreciate it if you could do that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you send me your thoughts in one way or the other, I'll certainly read them on the air in the next uh, next podcast and uh yeah and oh also you know if you if you're somewhat tech savvy you can make a uh, a little uh, audio comment using GarageBand or your whatever your uh, audio f application of choice is on your phone or whatever on your computer send that to me and i'll play that on our on our podcast as well so you can hear your hear your voice so uh once again that email address is stage uh, I'm getting all confused. I'm sorry. Shamelessrewind at gmail.com. 
That's going to wrap it up for another edition of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Shameless Rewind, and we'll catch you next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.